Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Good morning, Celebration Church. How are y'all doing today? Sweet. Oh man, I am nervous. Let's get this started. All right, my name is Weston, in case y'all missed it the three other times it was said. Uh, I am the third oldest of the 1,700 Clark children. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the middle son. I'm also a staff member here at Celebration Church. I'm also a husband to my beautiful wife, Grace, and a proud, proud father to the most precious little boy in the world. His name is Wyatt. He's so cute. He'll be here next service, which is going to make me even more nervous. I mean, I mean, I know he doesn't understand what I'm saying, but just having him here, it's going to up the ante, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, I just want to give honor where honor's due real quick. Pastors Brandon and Krista, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I've been preparing for it for a while, and I'm ready to get it over with. It's going to be real with y'all, okay? This is going to be the longest I've preached in, like, ever. So... As y'all know, we are in a series called The Classics. Now, The Classics is awesome because we get to go back through the Bible, specifically to the Old Testament, and talk about, you know, maybe some people that we haven't touched on in a while, or maybe just bring a different perspective of their life for you in a different way through the lens of the New Testament. Um, I have picked Samuel, and that is because the life of Samuel shows us what it really means to know God better and to trust God more. And the underlying verse that we've used for this entire series is Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run. You know, we, we look back on all these people so that we can we can see what they've done and we can take hold of it and we can run. I love the fact that it says we can run the race that's marked out for us because that so perfectly ties in to what I want to talk about today is, is your race, is your calling. The calling, it's the race that's marked out for you. It's the calling of God on your life. And the three points I want to bring out about that specifically through the life of Samuel. One is that you have not missed your calling. Two, your age does not restrict your calling. And the third one is that you have no idea whose life your calling is going to impact. So let's go back to that first one, right? You have not missed your calling. And we find that in 1 Samuel 3, 2 through 10. And I want to give some context here first, just in case. So Eli, who's mentioned in the verse, he's priest Eli. He's the head priest over all of Israel. And in this, he's he's about to go to sleep And Samuel is a very, very young boy who is serving underneath him in the house of the Lord. And we pick up in verse 2. It says, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. 
you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. You see, Samuel missed it three times. He reacted the same way three times. He didn't think he missed it. He got up in obedience and ran to Eli and said, I'm here. What you got? And he was like, no, not me. Three times before he finally answered the Lord. So when I was like 17, I'm guessing, in between that age of 11th and 12th grade, um, that summer I had gotten really into lifting. I'm a big gym rat. Um, I literally work at one, so that tells you as much of a gym rat as I am. So I got really into it. I got really into lifting, got really into fitness, and, and decided, you know, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. So I made this whole plan, right, going into my senior year. I was like, after senior year, I'm going to go to Howard and get my basics done, and then I'm going to transfer to ASU and get a major in exercise science and a minor in business in hopes of one day, you know, dreaming of one day to open up my own facility that I get to train in. And you got to know business because, you know, facilities got to run in order for you to train people out of it. So I decided to throw that in there too. So all senior year people are asking, you know, you know how senior year goes. They go, so what's next? And most of us are like, no, trying not to drown from homework and whatnot in senior year. So you're not really thinking about that. But I had a plan. And I was pumped. I was like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I found my purpose. I know why I'm here. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to get this degree and that degree. And then, bam, everything's set up, right? All senior year, this is what I'm telling people. So one day during worship, I'm sitting there and I'm worshiping. And I start to feel like this, this little unction, you know, in my gut that, I, that I, was, I was missing something. You know, like, like the Lord was trying to tell me something and I just wasn't quite getting it. So I went for prayer and, you know, told them what was going on. And I was like, hey, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I feel like I've got everything, you know, right on the money. I don't know what's going on. And so they prayed that the Lord would just reveal what he's trying to say to me. And he completely changes everything I had planned. Completely changes everything. I had this whole plan that I was going to go get my degrees. I was going to go to this school and then that school and get this, that, and the other. And the Lord was like, no. Actually, um, I want you to go to CFNI instead. And in case you don't know what CFNI is, it's a Bible school in Dallas called Christ for the Nations. And he's like, I know you have this whole plan that you want to get your exercise science degree, but actually this is going to be better. Let's, let's go do this instead. And I can't lie. I mean, like I was excited, you know. I mean, like I'm going to go to Bible school. This is great. I'm going to learn so much. But I was crushed because I, I was like, where, where did I miss it, you know? I, I, I had this whole plan. Everything was going to work out just fine. Where did I miss it? So fast forward some time and, you know, go to CFNI and I come back and, you know, I get married, which is awesome. I have a son, which is amazing. And now it's time to look for another job. You know, you got to make some money. So I'm praying about it and I'm like, Lord, I, I need to know what to do here because, you know, I'm confused. Not really confused, but I'm like, you know, I'm lost a little bit. And he was like, now, 
now's the time for you to go do this. He's, he lined up, me to get my, lined up for me to get my certification, so I got my personal training certification. And right after I got that, the, same, the next day, I went and told my friend about it, and standing right next to him was the manager of personal trainers, had an interview set up for the next day. The next day after that, had another, view in a, another interview set up. And then literally three days later, I, was, I started my job. Looking back on it, you know, as I start personal training and everything, I realized why God had completely 180'd my plan. Because the amount of, of different people that you run into doing this job, no degree could have ever set me up for. You know, going to see if and I, I had a roommate from Brazil. Let me tell you what, that's different. I had a roommate from China, which is very different. <laughs> so the Lord had completely 180'd my plan in preparation for what my calling was. You see, right now you may feel like you're missing it. You're like, Lord, I had all this, I had all this going for me, you know. Why would you 180 me? What was going on? But you have no idea if the season you're in right now is just a season of preparation. I completely thought I missed it. Let me tell you what, right now, you have not missed your calling. Not even a little bit. Because he still called you to do exactly what he's called you to do. <laughs> we now go on to 1 Samuel 1, 10 through 11. Also, 24 through 28. So to give you a little bit of context before we jump right into verse 10, Samuel's mom is named Hannah. So Hannah was barren. And if you don't know what that means, that means her and her husband could not conceive. And so every year annually, they would go up to this place and they would offer a sacrifice and they would worship the Lord and they would cry out to him and everything. And so this is, once, this is an annual thing. And many times she had gone up and she had cried out, Lord, please, just, just bless me with a child, please. Many times. And in verse 10, we pick up on one of these trips up to their annual sacrifice. It says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Fast forward to verse 24. Samuel's been born, and uh, they're about to go up on another one of these trips, but Hannah decides that she wants to stay back because she wants to wait until Samuel can survive without her. Because we all know baby needs his mother for, I mean, forever for me, but for a good chunk of time just to survive. Let's be honest. Without the mom, the baby's going to die. So she's like, this baby can't die. He's a blessing from the Lord. He opened, opened my womb. So, you know, we got to decide, you know, we're going to wean him off first before we go and uh, uh, offer him. And so verse 24 says, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, who stood here. Whoa. And she said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the, over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. 
Which brings me to my second point, is that your age does not restrict your calling. You see, the calling of Samuel's life started before he was even born. The calling on Samuel's life started before his mom could even conceive him at all. You see, the calling on your life started then too. You know, there's so many, there's so many amazing people in the world, so many young people across the world and all throughout history doing incredible things. One of which specifically, you know, I was looking at the Olympics. We all love the Olympics, right? I love the Olympics. The Olympics is so sad, like so cool. And then I'm like, wow, that person is 16. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> Makes me feel good, right? But so I decided to go look into the Olympics because I feel like the Olympics is a really good kind of level playing ground for all ages, right? So I decided to do a little bit of research, and I found out that there was a little girl from America. Her name was Marjorie Gestring, and she competed in the 1936 Olympics. Now, Marjorie was 13 years old and on the women's diving team. Now put yourself in Marjorie's shoes, right? You're 13, walking into literally the biggest sport event on the globe. Every country from around the world has sent the best of the best, all ages, and she's 13, right? I can only imagine, you know, if it were me, she was on the diving team, right? I'd be walking up, and I would, like, just, like, pencil in, like, off the diving board. And I'd be like, let's just get this over with. Everyone's laughing at me. I know I'm young, but no. Marjorie knew her training, and she's the youngest person in history to ever walk away from the Olympics with a gold medal at 13 years old. So when I tell you that you are not too young to do great things, that your age does not restrict you from doing great things, there's 10 years old, 10-year-olds competing in the Olympics. So you are not too young. But on the flip side, you're also not too old. Your age is not, there's no age cap on the calling of God on your life. It doesn't, your, your, your calling does not have an expiration date. In the, I wrote it down because I knew I was going to forget. In the 1912 Olympics, Oscar Schwann became the oldest person in history to ever walk away with a gold medal in the Olympics at the age of 64. 64 years old, walked away with a gold medal in the Olympics. You see, just like, you know, the Olympics doesn't have an age cap, neither does your calling. You see, Abraham wasn't, was 75 before God finally called him. Abraham went on to be the father of nations, to have children as many as there's, you know, pieces of sand on the beach or stars in the heavens. And he wasn't 75 before God finally called him. Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was 30. 30. We're talking about Jesus here, people. We're talking about the man who literally saved every single one of us. The greatest human to ever walk the earth was 30 years old. You're going to say, tell me you're 27 and don't know what you're doing. Tell me you're 27 and tell me God's forgotten about you. When Jesus was 30 years old by the time he began his adult ministry. There is no age cap on your calling. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're young, if you're old, if you're middle-aged. There's a calling of God in your life, so you need to embrace it. Because your age doesn't restrict that. If you're still breathing, God's not done, okay? There's no expiration date on what God wants to do. Because if he's going to use you, it don't matter how old you are. He's not looking at your age. 
So I don't care if you're 12 or if you're 112. God's going to use you. And you are called just like everyone else. And that brings me to my third point. And that's you never know who your calling is going to impact. So we look at the life of Samuel. Samuel was called before the womb. Samuel was then called again at a very young age. And in case you didn't know, Samuel also became the first of a long line of prophets to the land of Israel, to the country of Israel, anointing kings. And we're going we're gonna to jump right now to 1 Samuel 16, verses 11 through 13. To give you a little bit of context, this is whenever, you know, the Lord calls Samuel that he's about to anoint the next king. And he calls him to the house of Jesse. Jesse has eight sons. Eight. That's a lot of testosterone. I don't know. I mean, there's four guys in my family, five now, five guys in my family. We all get together, and that's a lot of testosterone. Could you imagine nine, nine guys? That's a lot of testosterone in one family. So Samuel, Samuel gets called to the house of Jesse and says, I want you to bring all your boys around, for the Lord is going to anoint the new king out of your household. So you know, Jesse is like, oh, yes. Gets, gets his boys lined up, and uh, uh, one by one, all look you know, fit to be a king, tall, broad, handsome, you know, sounds like a king to me, you know, king goes into battle, you need to be big, you know, you need to be strong, all of them looked the part, so they line up, and one by one, as Samuel walks by, the Lord's like, nope, not him, nope, not him, nope, not him, until he finally gets to the last one, and the Lord says, nope, not him, and this is where we pick up in verse 11, so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him, for we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. <whistles> then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went to Ramah. You see, Samuel knew, you know, because, because Samuel answered the calling, of God, of calling on his life from God at a young age, he had the discernment to know that whenever he went through, that God wasn't wrong. When he finally got to that last son, he knew. When, when God said, nope, not him, he was like, you're hiding something from me. You're hiding something from me. There, there's one more. There has to be one more. And finally, David walks up. And we're talking David and Goliath, David, just in case y'all didn't know. We're talking King David at a young, young age. Because you see, you never know who you're calling, who you're calling is going to impact. When I was 17 years old, we would, you know, go to youth camp in the summertime. Right? Apparently a lot happened when I was 17. When I was 17, you go, to, you, go to, you go to youth camp, right? And I was finally to the age at this youth camp where at 17, you could go to the normal sessions and the leadership sessions the next morning, which is like super cool, right? You get to go to like this small room and it's only like the youth pastors and youth leaders there and whoever spoke the night before is going to do a leadership session in the morning. And so there's a, a well-known pastor came to this youth camp 
And he was the one who spoke the night before. And I was, like, pumped, right, because this guy's captivating. He moves around like this a lot, you know. He's really easy, you know. My ADHD element OP can keep up, so it's really nice. You know, he, he's easy to listen to, you know, because he's moving around so much. It's hel- it helps because I'm like, I'm going to move on to the next thing real fast. But he's so captivating, and, and this is someone who I'd looked up to for a long time, listened to many times just on my own, and was so excited the next morning for the leadership session because I was like, this is going to be good. You know, 17-year-old me is like, I'm going to take some notes. So the next morning, I get up, <laughs> go to the leadership session, and uh, uh, I, c- I couldn't decide whether I wanted to take notes or whether I wanted to listen because I can't multitask to save my life. And, you know, I decided I'm just going to listen. And so I don't remember everything he said, but because, you know, I didn't take notes because I was listening. And so by the end of it, I just remember this, this pastor is just dropping bomb after bomb after bomb, just like nailing us with these awesome pieces of, of wisdom for our youth ministries. And as, as a 17-year-old, you know, you know, in case, oh, I forgot to mention in the, in the beginning, I'm a part of the youth team as well here at Celebration Church, have been for a long time. That's where I feel like I'm called to as far as like ministry goes, is youth ministry. So 17-year-old me knew that and was very excited for this because I was like, oh, this is applicable for me. And so by the end of it, you know, he's done and Everyone's like picking up their stuff and everything and, and he's walking off the little platform and people are just like swarming him, right? And going left and right. And I was like, man, I really feel like I want to go up and talk to him. If anything, just to say thank you, you know, for, for all of this stuff. But I was like, you know, he's, he's him and I'm me, you know, this little 17 year old boy from San Angelo, Texas. Nobody knows about us, but it's cool. We're here. And so I really wanted to go up and talk to him, but I was like, there's no way. You know, he's, he's just going to be like, all right, cool, thanks, man. He's going to move on. So finally, you know, the flock of people leave, which was, you know, finally for me. And I sat there and waited my turn, you know, made people wait with me so I didn't look weird because I cared about that. And uh, uh, finally, he, he's going to pick up his stuff and he's about to leave. And, and I walk over to him and I'm like, um, excuse me. And as he's picking up his stuff, he sets it back down. And he stands up and he looks at me and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so I was just like, you know, thank you so much for everything you said. You know, I took some room. I, I wanted to take some good notes, but I just wanted to listen as well. And he was like, oh, yeah, I understand. I'm bad at taking notes too. And so it was really cool. We got to relate. And, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, you know, do you have any advice for, you know, a young man who wants to go into youth ministry or just ministry in general? And so, you know, he, he gave me a, a lot of really good things. One of them was, was, you know, you need to you know, focus on yourself. You know, f- don't, don't look at everybody else's stuff. You know, focus on what God has you doing in your life, which was super impactful at that age because I, I wanted to be like everybody else, you know. At 17, you're so impressionable. I was watching everybody else, and he was like, you know, quit, quit looking at everybody else and just, you know, there's a, there's a calling on your life. You need to focus on that. And I was so blown away at the fact that, that this man who, literally speaks to people around the globe, speaks to leaders all around the world, would take the time to set his stuff down and really listen to a 17-year-old Weston Clark had to say. Someone who, he, he, I guarantee he doesn't remember. Someone who, you know, he never thought that it was going to impact, you know, in that way. But when you live your life according to the calling of God on it, it becomes second nature. Impacting people's life isn't something you have to think about or strive to do. When you live your life according to the calling of God, you're going to be impacting people like it's breathing for you. You see, for him, this wasn't just like, 
you know, oh, I need to make sure I pay attention to this kid, you know. It was just what he did. You know, whenever someone came up and talked to him, he put his stuff down. And he listened, you know, and he spoke, you know, he spoke into my life like crazy, you see. And from that day, you know, my life has been completely different because I remember how important I felt whenever this guy put his stuff down and solely paid attention to me. It made me feel so significant. And something I strive to do every day is that whenever someone's talking to me, forget what I'm doing and pay attention. You see, he didn't realize that this was going to impact my life so great. You're not going to know whose life you're going to impact. It could be the person at Walmart checking out your groceries, and you're just like, you know what, have a blessed day, and that could change everything for him. You know, maybe, maybe your calling is just to simply help people. So you walk up and you see someone struggling with their groceries. Hey, yo. And you walk up and you're like, hey, I want to help you, you know, load your groceries in. Or I'll take that cart for you. You don't know what kind of day that person's had. And that could completely change everything forever for them. Because you see, when you walk according to the calling of God in your life, impacting people, it, it really does. I said it before, but it really does become second nature. No, it becomes first nature. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. The calling of God comes first. It becomes first nature. And that brings me down to my main bottom line. Is that your calling is yours and yours alone. So run with it. Your calling is yours. And nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else is going to be like, oh, they missed it. I better pick this up and take it for them. No. You see, the body of Christ is like, it's like a big puzzle. You see, that, that, it's like a big puzzle, and everybody has a part to play. Everybody's a puzzle piece. And without you, our puzzle's incomplete. Let me tell you one thing. God does not do incomplete. He's going to call you, and he's going to call you, and he's going to call you, because you haven't missed it. You can't miss a calling from God. <laughs> it's significant. Your piece isn't too old. Your piece isn't too young that it's not going to fit. And your piece impacts the entire board. Not just the immediate pieces around it, but the entire picture. Because without you, the whole body is incomplete. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.